Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, teach. We're running a little behind, but I'm going to talk fast. So we'll zip through this today. Um, we, we are in Ephesians chapter 5. If you have not been with us, we started the book of Ephesians on the first Sunday of the year this year. So it's been a long uh, journey uh, and we are inching uh, ever so closely towards a conclusion. So my plan is over the next few weeks, uh, we will wrap up Ephesians, believe it or not. As we move into the fall, I've been praying lately uh, about what to do next, and I really uh, felt led of the Lord to do a series on the topic of covenant. And so I I, uh, have been reading some of my favorite authors uh, on covenant, and we're going to do a, uh, a short series in that in the fall, which I think should be fun. And then, so this is a little teaser for you, as we get close to the end of the year, uh, moving into the holiday season, we're going to do something a little bit different uh, this year, but it, that'll also be, I think, kind of fun through Advent and Christmas. So there you go, look forward to that. Today I want to uh, back up a little bit And take a second pass at a section we looked at last week. Uh, One specific verse, actually. Uh, Verse 18, Naomi, if you would go to that for me. Uh, Ephesians 5.18, you recall, this was part of a, a more extended passage we looked at. Paul says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. As I read that, I, I kind of found myself asking the question, why does he compare and contrast those two things, being drunk with wine and filled with the Spirit? On, a, on one level, there doesn't really seem to be any kind of connection there, um, although if you recall uh, back in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, which would have taken place some 30 years or so roughly prior to the writing of this, uh, Acts chapter 2, when the disciples first gathered together uh, after the resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit came into the room where they were meeting. They were praying together, and the Holy Spirit came in, filled the room, and filled them. And as you recall, uh, people that were outside or in the vicinity heard and saw what was going on and kind of peeked into the room and they thought that these people were drunk. Uh, and they, Their behavior made them think they had drank too much wine. Drank too much wine? Drunk too much wine? Drank. Drunk, I don't know. Um, so 
there appears to be, biblically, a connection that when the Holy Spirit fills someone, it's accompanied very often with uh, a sense of euphoria, an actual physical sensation. Uh, sometimes, and that manifests in different ways. Sometimes it's just sort of an inner peace, a calm and a quiet. Other times it, it can be more emotional. I've seen people filled with the Spirit where they, they just cry, burst out crying. Uh, other times people laugh when they're filled with the Spirit. And you might think, if you observed that, that they too had drank too much wine. A few of you, most of, most of you are probably too young, but a few of you might remember back in the mid-1990s, there was a global move of the Holy Spirit that actually was sort of centered in Toronto, Canada. And it kind of spread out from there, and during a season of time, it was a really profound move of God. Many of the airlines had to actually increase their flights into Toronto because people were traveling there from so many different places. And then that move spread. And Donna and I were still at the Anaheim Vineyard at the time. And there was a lot of things happening there as well. That's where we experienced it. I never went to Toronto. We never went to Toronto. But there's a lot of things happening there that were very similar during that season. I myself, being somewhat more cognitive, sophisticated, mature, never really had an experience like that. Um, and I found myself at times, I knew these people, so it was credible on one level. I believed it was God, but on another level, I found myself kind of wondering, how does that work exactly? And then... Um, Late 1995, I don't remember the exact time, but I think in the fall of 95, John Wimber asked me to uh, lead a team with him to Australia, New Zealand. We were going to do a series of meetings in Australia and New Zealand. John had never been to those countries before. And so he started telling me how many, who he wanted to go. And I, I looked at him and I said, John, how many people are you talking about? And he said, no more than 50 or 60. And so three months later, uh, I led a team of 60 young people with John to Australia and New Zealand. It was an amazing thing. And we were in Brisbane, Australia, on the Gold Coast of Australia, one of the most uh, beautiful places on the planet. And uh, we we're having a series of meetings there, non-vineyard people. There were no vineyards in Australia and New Zealand at that time. These were all folks that had in one way or another, heard of John's ministry and showed up. And so we were in a large hall, and there was, uh, during this series of meetings in Australia, several thousand people there. Uh, and one of the meetings, John called the team together prior. We would typically have a meeting before each meeting and kind of pray together. But this one was a little weird, a little different, that John said, hey, I really have a sense there's going to be some warfare against today's meeting." So I want to do something different. Normally, we were all, the whole team was in the meetings. John said, I want you guys to, rather than be in the meeting, I'd like you to be here in this room, which was a separate room off the side, just praying and interceding while we're worshiping and while I'm speaking this morning. So the team stayed back and did that. I was sort of John's uh, <laughs> lackey, I guess, gopher assistant, whatever. So I was responsible to get him water, make sure he had everything he needed. So so I was in the meeting, sitting uh, kind of where Donna is in the front row, 
But the rest of the team was in another room somewhere praying. And I was listening to them, just enjoying, going, you know, hanging out, whatever. John's finishing up his message, has not gone into ministry time yet. Uh, he's just talking, and I'm listening to him, and I'm listening to John teach a message that I've heard him teach before. And I started to giggle. And I thought it was weird because nothing was funny. So I'm trying to stifle myself from giggling. And the more I try to stifle myself from giggling, the more I giggle. And uh, pretty soon, John looks down at me and he sees me. He goes, aha, it's your turn today. Uh, You can go to the next slide if you want. You can't see those very well, but one of my... uh, Beloved teammate, turn the lights off for a minute. It's worth it. You can't? There we go. Oh, that's a little better. There we go. Uh, One of my beloved teammates took photographic evidence. I uh, continued to be in this state of laughter for the next three hours. Some of the team, there was... Three uh, teenagers on our team, they had said they wanted to buy Ugg boots. There was an Ugg boot factory store near us, and I had told them that day I would take them to buy boots. I go, you guys are not going to jump in a cab and go driving around Australia by yourself. I'll go with you. So consequently, we get in a cab after the meeting. I'm still laughing. I'm busting up. So I get in the cab with these three teenagers, and I'm cracking up. And the cab driver's like, what, what, what exactly is going on here? I'm like, no, 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 this is not as you seem. It's like Alex said, this is, I'm, he thought I was drunk. I, no, no, no. But I, I kept laughing. I couldn't go into the store. I was, they, I sat outside on the, on the sidewalk in the front of the store laughing while, while the kids shopped. They come back. We go back to the hotel. I called Donna. Um, she, she, she just had such a good time. What is wrong with you? And I literally for hours and hours, stayed in that state of the Holy Spirit really just causing me to be filled. Now, I want you to know, I was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit for 20 years prior to that. And I had never experienced anything like this before that, and I, and I never have since. So our, our title and our topic today, next slide, is Be Filled with the Holy Spirit, or Gas in the Tank. Uh, my, my, uh, my, uh, come on, man. Let's pray. I don't, Lord, thank you so much. Uh, just help me to, to really communicate your heart, your purpose, and, and, and the goodness of your spirit effectively today. In your name, amen. When I thought about it this week, I realized there are probably more than a couple comparisons between uh, drunkenness and the filling of the Holy Spirit. When you're under the influence of alcohol, sometimes that controls you. And you might be inclined to say and do things that you wouldn't otherwise. And when you're filled with the Spirit, there also is a sense of leading and guiding and a boldness uh, that may in fact lead you into uh, saying and doing things you otherwise wouldn't. You may be uh, more confident to approach other people and share your faith. You may be more 
bold in terms of uh, praying for someone or or even having a word for that person. And, you know, sometimes you think you have a word for somebody. You go, I don't know. I won't share that. But you might be more confident and bold uh, to, to do that as you're, as you're filled with the Spirit. Um, so I want to just talk a little bit about that this morning, just being what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. Um, so one one question that comes up sort of historically, uh, especially among uh, there are different theological perspectives on this, and one one criticism of the filling of the Holy Spirit or baptism of the Holy Spirit is that if don't believers all get receive the Holy Spirit when they're when they're saved, and if so, why why do we need this second thing, this other thing to happen? Um, which is a, a valid question. Our response in the vineyard is yes, yes. In fact, people do have the Holy Spirit when they come to know Jesus. Um, and yes, there is an opportunity for more of the presence of the Spirit uh, further on in their Christian walks. Uh, the verb to be filled here is present perfect tense, which indicates that this is an ongoing thing. And it really is ongoing. Um, if we look at Acts chapter 4, and if you could go to the next slide for me now, uh, this is Acts 4. It says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal. Perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So, the reality is, the folks that are in this meeting where this happens are the same folks that were present at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 some weeks prior and were filled then and are now filled again. So there was a uh, another filling of the Spirit that happened in the lives of the same people. And that is why um, I titled it Gas in the Tank. That, that was a, a way I used to teach youth when I did youth ministry for years about being filled with the Spirit. I'd say, being filled with the Holy Spirit is like gas in the tank. You can have the coolest car on the block, but you're not going anywhere unless you put gas in the tank. And then you can go drive around, you can go cruising, you can go out on a hot date, do whatever you want to do. But sooner or later, you're going to run out and you're going to have to fill up with more gas again. It's the same way with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit continually throughout the course of our Christian experience, throughout the course of our Christian lives. It's not really even a second work of God or a second thing that happens in the Holy Spirit. It really is an ongoing thing of being filled with the Spirit. Now, I would say also being filled with the Spirit comes in handy in a lot of ways. And we, you know, we have, uh, there's always in every church and in every uh, Christian sort of setting qualifications for ministry and qualifications for leadership. Uh, and we don't normally today, I think, always say being filled with the Spirit should be one of those qualifications. But in the early church, it was. Go ahead and go to the next slide for me. This is in Acts chapter 6. Uh, you, you remember there was some, uh, the ministry was growing so fast that they had to redistribute some of the work. So the disciples are saying this, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to the prayer and ministry of the word. What they were talking about 
what these people that they wanted to be full of the spirit and wisdom uh, to do was to go work in the food pantry. So even to distribute food, to, to, to do what we might think of as sort of a, a, a menial job in the kingdom, it's not, you're not teaching, you're not leading a home group, um, you're not planning churches, you're just caring for those in our community. They wanted them to be full with the Spirit as well. Also, the, the idea of being baptized with the Spirit versus filled with the Spirit, uh, what, what, what is the difference between those two things? They really have the same connotation if you think about it. So when someone, when we talk about being filled, again, the idea is filled, full, not half full, not part way, all the way filled. Baptized, the biblical word is immerso, which is immersed, completely dunked. So one is from the inside out, one is from the outside in. But both words uh, carry the connotation with them of being totally, completely, 100% engaged with the Holy Spirit. So, so my answer to the question, what, you know, is it baptized with the Spirit or filled with the Spirit? My answer is God doesn't want half measures. He wants people who are all in. He, he, he wants you to be 100% uh, moving in the direction of working with and in and allowing him to work through you. He wants you to be all in. I'll go a little more, and then maybe we'll we'll go ahead and uh, and stop. I might where's uh, I, I might cut you off. Is that okay? Sorry. Um, another thing that happens, and uh, th- this this is actually also true in my life, was that um, so- sometimes. We're raised in, you grow up in a church or, you, or you're, you're, you're in a place where maybe you're unaware. You've never heard of the ministry of the Spirit before. You don't know these things happen. Uh, I've shared with you guys a little bit. I grew up in, in a denominational church in Southern California in the 70s. A wonderful church that uh, I had a great foundation there. Uh, I had a great youth group experience, all that. But I, I've jokingly said they, they, their theology ascribed to the Holy Binity. Uh, you know, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit. They had a Binity, Father, Son. There was no Holy Spirit. No mention of the Holy Spirit anytime ever. In fact, the only time I ever heard the Holy Spirit mentioned there was it during, uh, after church, you know, you have kind of coffee time. People are out in the patio hanging out. And I was a kid, teenager, whatever, young. I overheard these two ladies talking, and one of them said to the other one, and this is all I heard of their conversation, and they were speaking in tongues. And I, I remember hearing her going, I don't know what that is, but it sounds scary. I, you know, I was like, ooh, ooh. But sometimes we're not aware that there's an opportunity for more of what God has. If you look at uh, Acts chapter 19 real quick, Apollos was at Corinth. Paul took the road through the interior, arrived at Ephesus, and there he found some disciples. These were disciples following Jesus. Ask them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It was important to Paul to ask that question. Did this happen or not? No, we haven't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. Go ahead. So Paul said, asked, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. Go one more. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were believers. Uh, they, they were disciples. They were, they were serving God with all of the information they had at the time, but they had not been told about 
the Holy Spirit. So the question that I asked earlier, you know, uh, you know, do, how much of the Holy Spirit do we have? All believers have the Holy Spirit. Every believer that comes to Christ, when you're when you're born again, saved, however, whatever language you choose to use, you, you have the Holy Spirit in you, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have all believers. How much of the Holy Spirit uh, do you have? Um, I, I would just say this, my experience historically over, you know, 50 years or so, close to 50 years in this game, is that it really, it, it, it really is monumental. It's a game changer. Um, I, I really believe that being filled when you have an awareness of being filled, an awareness of the presence of the Spirit in your life, and you're in touch with that reality and that dynamic, it changes every aspect of our Christian lives. It changes your, 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 your understanding and knowledge and hunger for the Word, not only reading and studying, but implementing it in your life. It, it changes your prayer life. It revolutionizes your prayer life. We won't talk about the gift of tongues today, but it, it really can, being filled with the Spirit, give you a whole new vocabulary, a whole new way to enter into prayer uh, that you may not have known before. Um, it can also deepen your worship experience. I mean, there, when you're filled with the Spirit, I, I have found my own life worship to be uh, much more engaging. It's easier for me to connect with the Lord uh, in, those, in those ways. And, and then the, the last thing I would say about that is that it can actually even make you a nicer person. Um, you find, you may find, I think, that the fruit of the Spirit is more evident in your life when you're filled with the Spirit, right? Fruit of something is the outgrowth of that thing. The more of the Spirit you have, the more fruit of the Spirit you'll, you'll have in your life. Uh, there was a guy that Donna and I knew many, many years ago at the Anaheim Vineyard named Don. Don was a plumber. Not that plumbers are necessarily bad folks, I happen to have a couple friends that are plumbers that I really like. Um, Don was not a Christian, not a believer. And he, he was not a bad guy. He was an okay guy, hardworking dude. Kind of one of these guys sort of uh, go to work, come home, drink beer, go to sleep, get up, do it again tomorrow. That was sort of Don's life. And his wife, Bobby, was a believer and worked in our food bank at the Anaheim Vineyard. Very, very... Uh, consistent ministry leading in there. Their kids all came to church and somehow, and I don't remember how it happened. They might've had a meeting at their house or something, but it kind of in one fell swoop, Don gets saved and filled with the Holy spirit and his entire personality changed. He, he, all of a sudden he became like the mayor of the food bank and he would come in during our distribution times and he's walking around, he's shaking hands with people. Hey, good to see you guys today. Welcome. He's kissing babies. He's hugging people. He's just, he became this gregarious, outgoing, friendly sort of dude who never engaged with people before. And it was amazing to watch the transformation in his life from the presence of the spirit. So all that to say, we, we were, I was rushed a little bit today, but just, being filled with the Spirit is such an incredible blessing. It really is an ongoing thing that we need in our lives. And I want to just pray. Maybe, Steph, why don't you, can you come up and help me? There we go. Look at that. See? We're on the fly here. Uh, 
I just want to pray for you guys this morning. Why don't you stand up and uh, just open your hands up. I'm just going to ask God to come and fill us and just pour his spirit out on us today. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Casket Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give. We'll see you next week.